0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I want to welcome each and every one of you to Vision Weekend. I want to welcome those watching online, those that maybe watching in a video venue here at the Keller campus. I want to welcome all those that are a part of our Hazlitt campus. Come on, everybody, put your hands together and welcome everybody who's <laughs> joining us this weekend. We're so glad that you're here with us. I'm going to read you a scripture in a moment to get us there, but I'd like you to turn to your Bibles. What we're going to really unpack this weekend is John chapter 3. Vision weekend, if you're, if you're new here, we... We'll do these periodically, especially as we're going into a new season, a new time period in our culture. We'll do these vision weekends, really because vision is what calibrates us. Vision is what's needed in our world where there's so many voices, and the voices, it seems to me... In in an unprecedented time, um, I've been a senior pastor since I was 21 years old, 27 years as a senior pastor. I've never seen a time where as a pastor, you have to somehow break through the noise with God's word and and, and there are people hungry to receive it, yet it's so easily to be distracted and to get off course and lose sight of what God is saying. There's a time where if there's ever been a time when you need to know why you do what you do, what God's called us to, what his word prioritizes, it's really now, it's now. You need this. So I'm excited to share with you today some vision, vision for who God's called us to be. I wanna give you a little update because I know a lot of times people are like, how's things going with the collective vision that we have? And then I want to talk to you specifically this vision weekend about something that I think will help you in your work life, in your family life, in your soul, in your spirit. I want to talk to you about personal vision for the kingdom of God and how that's so important. And again, biblically, God continues to biblically, if you'll journey through his word, he continues to use multiple times the need we have to see properly, to perceive what he's doing. It's why in the Old Testament there's prophets who are seers, who are bringing God's word. It's why we have the word of God that the Bible of itself again is there to help us look into the mirror of that word to see the reflection of God's truth. The Bible over and over uses this idea of spiritual sight and compares it to the same thing that happens in our spiritual lives that guide our everyday activities and talks about this, this spiritual insight that we can get as, as we see. I thought about in Isaiah chapter 43, in fact, it, it gives us an idea there was a difficult time in the life of the people of God and one of these prophets, Isaiah, who was one of the chief ones who prophesied of Jesus and what Jesus would do, He says this in a challenging time. He says, see. You you need to see, not just look at this. You need to be able to see what God sees from God's perspective. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? So there's a spiritual perception. He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. He talks about making a way when there's a wasteland of activity. God's always up to something In our generation, he's always up to something ahead of us, doing something new, and he's always calling us to see what he sees so we can cooperate with what he's doing in our world. So vision is such a powerful thing and such an important thing. And I just wanna tell you, as a pastor, Over the last several months, um, I I work with a lot of pastors. I have a lot of people ask me questions about our church. I talk to different leaders in different segments of our community, and um, I'm always able to brag on you because as we stepped into these seasons, we began just to prioritize the kingdom of God and serving people from the ice storm to water to serving our community to continuing to make the main thing the main thing, and you know, it doesn't matter if a coach calls a play that no one runs. I just want to thank you that as a pastor, I called the play. I didn't make it my own play. I said, let's just go back to the Bible and let's live what the Bible says. And you guys have responded. And I want you to know just this summer, we have seen God do amazing things. I have people ask me all the time, how's the church doing? How's things going? How is everything? You know, look, you ought to have some place you can go to where you hear what God is doing because there's plenty of noise out there of why the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. Anybody living in the same world I'm living in? Well, let me just tell you, I don't care what you hear on the radio or you read on the internet or see on the news. Jesus is alive on his throne and moving in our generation. Don't forget that. He's alive. And I just want to give you a snapshot of just since May, okay? Just since May, just last week, we did a back-to-school drive. Thank you for your generosity towards single moms and single parents in our community. Because of your generosity, you paid for these backpacks. We got single moms and their kids together. We had a special event, really blessed them. They were able to see these unique demonstrations of God's love as they got their school supplies and backpacks and there was personalization to it because God is a personal God. And I want to thank you for loving on this part of our community and showing them God's grace and God's love. We had more young people go to camp this summer than we ever have. We had 56 and vacation Bible school and junior high and high school. So many lives impacted through this. I was talking to our next gen team and I, and I was just always wanting to reinforce them. Look, you should just, at some point, if you can ever drop them an encouraging note, they put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into this. They didn't get a summer break. They were busy serving young people all summer. And I love them because they love your kids and wake up every day to serve them. And I was just really just motivating them to what they do and how important it is. And I told them, I said, we're more committed to the next generation than we ever have been before. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what it takes. They need it. I've had my own children as I have two outside the house and two still in the house. I've watched the importance of taking young people away from the noise and letting God do amazing things. I know for myself, I was impacted in these kind of settings. I can remember God speaking things and. You know, you get them out there, you know, and you just turn up the heat of hell, scare them out of hell. You know, you just be like, sin and you'll fall into the pit of hell. You know, it's good for kids now. We need a little bit of that, you know? It's not, you're awesome, here's a trophy. No, hell is hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need to scare you. I know grace, but forget grace. Right now we need legalism. You do, do not sin. Come on. If we needed those settings where you felt the tangible fear of God and the holiness of God, I mean, and all we had was Atari. Some of y'all don't know what Atari is. We'll explain it to you later. Okay. It's like you might've been Nintendo or whatever, but anyway, they've got these devices that's pumping into their heads all kinds of lies all the time that are contrary to the truth of word of God. And I'm burdened for this generation with the anxiety and the pressures they deal with. I want to thank you for investing in them. We had over 400 young people give their heart and life to Jesus Christ this summer because of your investment. Amazing. Amazing camps, baptisms. We've had over 120 people baptized this summer, go public with their faith. We've had close to 400 people engage with our growth track. I'm still amazed at how our growth track is people come in and they make friends and so many people are moving here. We feel a stewardship for the lives of people and helping them learn how to walk out their faith. Thank you for those of you that serve and invest in that. We had Freedom Weekend Um, 350 people go through Freedom Weekend. Some of you are like, what's Freedom Weekend? It's a small group that you go through for several weeks. You walk on this journey together. You actually begin to get these foundations in your life, get rid of the baggage that you picked up along the way. I want to say thank you to the 168 volunteers that served these people on this journey. If you haven't, yeah, thank you for your investment. I heard that on Freedom Weekend, there were 40-something people who showed up just to pray, just were in the risers like praying. If you're part of that group, that's kingdom business right there. I mean, you give up your whole weekend to pray. That means that you really believe that the answer is not in some subjective theory thing that we're talking about, but it's the spirit of God changing the lives of people. So I want to say thank you for your investment. I heard about a lady over 70 years old, She came forward in one of the sessions. Several people there told me it was life-changing for them to watch as she cried, as she got rid of baggage and things from her past. People gathered around her and prayed for her. People told me, they said they saw a tangible difference in her entire expression as she unloaded all the things from her past. In her phrase, I love it, she said, you're never too old to live free. You're never too old to experience the freedom that is found in Christ. That's just a little snapshot of what God's doing among us. I wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you for prioritizing the vision of the kingdom of God because right now, like never before, people out there need to see who Jesus is and there's an element of people that are hungry to see it. So thank you for prioritizing it. But I wanna spend the rest of my time talking to you personally. Because I really do believe this, whether you're a part of the Milestone family or you're watching me online, we're getting more and more people from around in different places. I truly believe this beyond Milestone Church, you personally, no matter where God drops you, wherever you live, whatever your station is, whatever your assignment is, I believe you were created to live for the King's vision. I believe the only way to live life is to prioritize what he says is important. I believe that life doesn't really make sense when you get into the myopic things that are making you frustrated and angry. When you're so busy focusing on so many things around you that you can't influence, I believe that kingdom vision, prioritizing that personally is a life-changing event. But here's what I also know. The reason the Bible has to talk about vision so much The apostle Paul, I've not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Jesus would always say, he would say, what you look at, basically, you get full of, that the lamp of the body is the eye, and if the eye's clear, your whole body's full of light. Paul talked about the eyes of the heart. The reason the Bible keeps coming back to this is we have a tendency to see it wrong. We have a tendency to be influenced by this or that or that voice or this situation. We have a tendency, if we're not careful, I love the place where Jesus goes, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes, see the bigger picture, because we have a tendency to get right down here in this and, and this and there, and then we're ready to kill somebody. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 lift your eyes a little bit. look, 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 look out here. Look out here. We have a tendency to do that. We do it in our own lives. It comes on us subtly. It happens to me. We all need recalibrated to what is the main thing. I'm crossing over in life right now. I just wanna share that with you publicly. I'm crossing over to a new phase of my life that I'm not willing to accept, see, because we don't always have the ability to be honest with ourselves. One of my big crossover moments, I've been very public about it, was in my early 30s where my wife said I had a comb over. I've been very transparent. I need to stop talking about it because you attract what you are and our church is just getting full of bald people. I mean, you know. (laughs) And Blake shaved his head. I'm like, dude, you had enough. You didn't need, you know, it's like our youth pastor, Jesse, he sh- our, our, our senior high youth pastor, he shaved his head. And he told me, he shared with me, he said, pastor, there's a difference in going bald and shaving your head. And I'm like, well, you're kind of in between, brother. I mean, you're kind of in both categories, you know? I mean, but I want to say to all of you guys, look, it's not a prerequisite. If you have it, flaunt it, okay? Use it, grow it, let it grow long, enjoy the locks. But anyway... My wife said that I was having a comb over and I read her some scriptures on submission and that didn't work. And anyway, it, it, and I jumped in a swimming pool and I came out and I had one long strand that I'd been wrapping around my head, okay? That happened in my 30s and I'm at a new one now, okay? I was on my study break doing a lot of reading and studying and I began to notice and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just refusing to accept that my eyes are going bad. I, I just think my arms are getting longer a little bit and everything's like, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm resisting. It's really bad, okay? So I'm resisting, but it's just, I'm a futuristic person. So I'm trying to get a vision for what I look like in that new reality. Some people said, you don't need glasses, Pastor. You can get one contact that sees up close and one far away. I'm like, I'm gonna pass on that one. I don't, th- I don't wanna be like, hold on, I need to see far off. Oh, I'll be preaching like this at y'all. I see you in the balcony up there. I mean, you're awesome. You know, I'm gonna pass on that one. So then, I've got to sort out how I'm gonna handle the glasses thing. Okay, do I get some designer ones, or like most of you, you gave up on keeping up with the nice glasses, so you just buy bulk. You just got 10, 15 all over the place. You know, I'm just to spread them around, right? And and then you end up with these kind of struggles, right? Where you get in fights with your spouse. Who took my glasses? (laughs) Where are my glasses? Quit using my glasses. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, there there they are. Okay. These actually are part, these are one of the options. My friend who's had, he's crossed over. He's four years older than me. He gave me these, okay? I think... (laughs) They're, they're too cool. They're too cool. I, it, they're just, you gotta have skinny jeans to wear them and big men like me don't wear them, okay? You know what I'm saying? So I think I'm going Walgreens bulk. I think I'm going bulk. I probably am, but I'm just praying about it, okay? Come on. In all seriousness, we have the propensity, not just in these practical areas as humorous as it is, we have a problem sometimes seeing where we're really at and we can easily get blinded. And and, and in the area of personal vision for what Jesus says is important, like it's very common in our lives. John chapter three though, as we start talking about how do you get this vision that you're talking about? this, This clear vision for your life, Pastor Jeff, how do you get that? Where does it come from? Well, I wanna take you to the most fundamental place. Jesus has started his ministry, and in John 3, there's this very important story that we see, and you may know the story related to its importance, but you may have never seen the part that relates to vision. Jesus is speaking to this man named Nicodemus. He said there was a Pharisee. So this guy, he's in the ruling elite, okay? Not only spiritually, but socially and culturally. He has a lot of influence over his time period he's a pharisee a man named nicodemus who is a member of the jewish ruling council so he, he he has this very very select place and he came to jesus at night probably because he didn't want to be seen with this jesus that was turning upside down the world around him you need to always remember this not from the position of power but from the position of the kingdom agenda Jesus was turning the world upside down. So the guy from the position of power comes to Jesus at night because he doesn't want to be identified with this Jesus who's revolutionizing his culture. And he comes to him and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Notice what he says to him. We know that what you're saying is true, not based on the eloquence from which you say it, not based on the volume of how much you shout it. Not based on the number of your post. Not based on the passion even in your voice. Jesus, we know you're a teacher that's come from God because no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Can, Can I just offer a little vision adjustment for you in our world? Stop talking, it's not working start doing. Start showing people the evidence of Christ that they can't produce in their own lives. Jesus was not just saying things. It wasn't even what he said. It was what was happening around his life. Jesus was bringing the fruit of the kingdom to his world. Jesus replied to him though and said, It's not just about what I'm saying or doing. Verily or very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. The very basic place and starting place for personal vision for what Jesus says is important is being born again. It's the starting place. When you get born again, it changes your perspective. It changes your priorities. It changes the way you view the world. It changes how you view others. It changes what you give your life to. It changes how you parent. It changes how you handle your money. It changes everything you do when you're born again. Why? Because when you become born again, you're not just religious, you're a different person. You've been changed from the inside out. Born again, that's an interesting term. If you ask a lot of people today, say, well, how do you get into this kingdom thing? How do you get into this Jesus thing, both here on earth or in heaven? What would it look like? A lot of people are gonna give you forms of things that you should do. Be a good person, be a nice person, have this kind of understanding of certain things. They're gonna give you all these externals. And Jesus says, this isn't something on the outside of you. This is something that happens on the inside of you. This is a transformation to where you become a new you because you are a different you based on being born again. Now, Jesus says to this guy, you have to be born again. And let's let's use common sense. If you've never been around church or you've never heard what Jesus says, he makes some very practical observations. He says, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb." If it's in today's world, you say, you need to be born again. If you take that at face value, they're like, do we go down to Baylor Grapevine to labor and delivery and have another birth? No, I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just trying to be practical. Hold on a minute. That's kind of anatomically impossible. That's like out there. That's kind of weird, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let me explain what I mean. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and born of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And Jesus is messing with this guy's mindset. In fact, he kind of really gets kind of in his Cheerios a little bit. He says, aren't you a teacher? You should know this stuff. But see, he was so in a world of protecting his own thought process and things, and he was in a world of more religious activity, and more performance, and the more things you do, and he was not able to see what Jesus was saying. As Jesus says, it's not about any of that. I I wanna say again, I'm amazed at the number of people I interact with today. You know, you guys may think we live in the Bible Belt, but people are moving here from all over. I'm amazed with the people I interact with. This message of being born again is as relevant today as it's ever been. The average person I interact with, they think a couple of things. One, when you start talking to them about the kingdom of God and having a relationship with Jesus and what does eternity look like for you, the number one thing I see responded is, I'm a good person. Number one, I get wherever I go. I spoke a few places this summer, meet people, shake their hands. Number one response. Well, well, have you ever been saved? Have you given your life to Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? How do you go to heaven? I'm a good person, Pastor. Sounds so great, doesn't it? Sounds so, so, so a part of our culture today. So let's investigate. You're a good person. Have you ever lied? Yes. Okay. Have you ever stolen? Right. Okay, you're a liar and a thief. Okay, we'll stop there. We're not good people. We're more capable of more bad things than we can possibly imagine. And when we say we're good, what we're really saying is, I'm good in comparison to someone else. The other thing I get very frequently is, is I'm a part of this type of religion. You know, I'm a Catholic, my husband's a Baptist, so we're kind of (laughs) Captist. Well, I was Episcopal, or I was this, or my uncle was a pastor, or I went to so-and-so church, or I grew up at, you know, so-and-so Baptist or whatever. Guess what? Jesus didn't mention that. None of that's part of the qualification. It doesn't matter what brand you're of. Are you born again? Have you submitted your life to him? You go, pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, the first thing that we have in our culture that's become challenging is we have trouble admitting that we need saving. The first human beings on the planet were perfect in their relationship with God and perfect in their relationship with one another. Adam and Eve, they walked with him in the cool of the day. Everything was perfect. And then they had kids and it was all perfect. Everything, but when sin, in one chapter, when sin enters, they're running from God, they're ashamed, they're filled with shame, they're separated from him, their kids start having problems. It was the starting place of after they sinned, we now live in that lineage. You need to know that. Everybody says, well, we're basically good. We're just undereducated. No, 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 no. You've never had a (laughs) two-year-old. Are y'all with me? You don't have to train your children to make bad decisions, not just like our parents didn't have to train us to make bad decisions. Why? We're born into it, and the truth is there's a perfect and holy God who we want a relationship with, We want to have him involved in our lives. We want what he brings into our lives. But the problem is he's perfect and we're broken. And that's where Jesus's message is radical. Jesus said, you're not kind of messed up. He said, you're dead in trespasses and sins. You're completely broken. And he didn't say, come and here's what I need you to do. Be more religious. He went and paid a price we couldn't pay, dies on a cross to make a payment that we could never afford, raises from the dead and says, here's what I'm offering you, not religion, my life. I'm offering you a relationship with me. You say, okay, that's important for some of you who haven't heard that. If you think this is like join the church or become more religious, you may be missing Jesus's message. Jesus is saying, be born again have you been born again? That's step number one. But you say, why is that important? Because I will tell you, here's what I see from the scripture, what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. And I've seen this in my observation for people who, when they are born again, it's amazing. I've said it for years. The, 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 the world is brighter. Life is different. Like you can have a conversation with someone before they're born again and they're just like, no, the lights are on, but nobody's home, and it, it's like they don't understand. And the moment they give their life to Christ, you begin to talk about truth, and here's what Jesus said, and they're like, ah, I get it. It's amazing. It, it all changes. I think about a lady I met in 101, Losey. She was at the end of the line. I'm shaking hands, and you can tell she's been touched, and she's, she's, she's religious, She's a part of a particular religious persuasion. She had done a lot of it. By the way, the problem with religion is you'll never feel like you fully accomplish it. So you fail enough at it and ultimately you quit. So she'd kind of done the religious stuff. She's confused, because here we are talking about being born again. None of that was mentioned in what she was a part of. And she's like, I need Jesus in my marriage. I need Jesus in my life. I introduced her to someone that was standing there. One of our leaders, they met with her. She ultimately submitted her life to Christ. Her husband's life was changed. And on August the 1st, both of them were baptized right here in this tank. (laughs) Why? Religion wasn't working. But I love the fact that the story really shows the kingdom because there's a couple named Art and Denise who in their business, when we started Seeds, started a small group. Are they out there? There they are, they're in this service. I'm amazed by this. I got a picture with them um, at Easter. I think this was their Easter invite. What are you doing for God? You know what I'm saying? Come on. I mean, I'm thinking, man, I'm in the ministry. I need them to train me. You know I mean? It's like, wow. And what happened was their lives were impacted, then their friends, this is how the kingdom works. When you really get born again, it starts to spread. And it starts changing and Losey and her husband were impacted by it. And that's what happens when you're born again, the kingdom vision. You say kingdom of God, Jeff, how do you even define that? You know, how do you define that? Well, it's more of a verb than it is a noun, really. Here's what it means. It means the rule and reign of God. The rule and reign of God. I think in these last several months, a lot of us have thought if I were in charge, or if the people I like were running, every, everything would change. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It's when the rule and reign of God gets into wherever we are, and it begins to extinguish the darkness. It's the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. It's the rule and reign of God. It's God's clear plan for the redemption of the world. So I want to stir you up. If you've been frustrated, if you've been like, I don't know why they don't get it. Here, let me help you with something. Quit being mad at lost people for acting lost. So many Christians could really use a dose of that. I can't believe it. Chill out, they're lost. And if we spent half as much energy sharing the love of Christ to see our broken and lost world get born again, our world would change. It's the only answer. It's the extension of the kingdom of God. You say, okay, I I got it, God's rule, God's reign. How does that look in real life? Let me give it to you in just a few ways. How do you know if you have kingdom vision? Because Jesus said when you get born again to the bone, you get kingdom vision, you see the kingdom. Here they are. Number one, you've moved from a search for what is yours to embracing your part in his vision. I think a lot of times when somebody like me steps up here and is like, you should have vision for the kingdom. You think I'm talking about going into the ministry or you think there's this esoteric thing that is so far out of reach for you. You're like, pastor, if I'm gonna get kingdom vision, do I go you know, to a monastery for four months? Do I climb a high mountain? Do I need to like, get Blake to come to my house and sing with a tender voice? Eee! And it's like, and, it'll be all, and then God will give me vision. Can I just make it more accessible for you? You don't need a special experience You just need to steward the king's vision. If you'll get his vision, you'll be amazed at how he'll show you your gifts, your part, he'll motivate you, he'll bring to you the resources you need for his vision. Don't think you need something special that's out there. All you need to do is prioritize what's in here when you're born again. And you begin to say, wait a minute, I'm not the king. He's the king, so I want to prioritize what he says, and you'll be amazed at the motivation and the vision that'll come to your life by prioritizing his vision in your life. The reason we miss it, Jesus talked about it all the time, by the way. Today, I'm going to probably do a series on the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about it all the time. He said, it's at hand, it's in you, and here's why it's hard for us in today's world, because the kingdom of God, as Jesus described it, he talked about it being a seed. So that means it's not something big. A lot of times when we think of vision, we're thinking about some big thing, boom. No, Jesus said, it's like a seed. He said, it's like yeast that you put in a lump of dough. This doesn't appeal to our culture. Can't see it, can't touch it. It's not fast, it's not quick. It doesn't make headlines. Jesus said, yeah, but that's how the kingdom works. You don't know Art and Denise are over there starting a small group at their deal and there's this going on and slowly but surely there's all these people that have the big thoughts and the big things and the big, okay, but over here there's this seed and there's this yeast and it's just, it's permeating and it's permeating and it's changing things. That's why we miss the kingdom vision. He called it a treasure in a field. This treasure. Now I'm gonna tell you something now, this will mess you up. This will mess you up. Like people that really get born again, your religious friends will tell you, you got two saved. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You're taking this to extreme, man. Like we're just trying to get a little religion. You You got two saved. Jesus said, it's like a treasure in a field. We're looking, we're looking in our world today, looking, 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 getting, grabbing, trying to get, 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 get. He said, and there's the whole field. And there's a treasure in that field. And when you see it, you'll buy the whole field just to get the treasure. You say, okay, kingdom of God, wait a minute, now let's make it more practical. How do you really know? You connect his vision to your everyday life. This this starts affecting all of what you do. Let me say, just as we were honoring teachers. Teachers, let me just tell you, I know you have a lot to navigate. You have a lot of decisions, but let me just tell you, the power is, as I pray for you, you're a kingdom representative. So whatever you walk into, whatever scenario, you bring the kingdom with you. And so the atmosphere begins to change and it may not change overnight, but you're a representative of the kingdom. We live in our, our world today. It's always been something that I've preached on, but they're calling the month of May this year, the great resignation. 3.6 million people resign their jobs. As you know, 48% of the workforce is looking for a job right now. In our world, Now, some of you may have lost a job or cutbacks or COVID. I'm not trying to broad brush everything, but I'm gonna tell you, this has been a growing problem as a pastor that I've noticed for years. We have a younger generation that we need to train to about what is a job and what is not a job. Many people frustrated with their job. The reason people get frustrated with their job is we're trying to get a job to provide something for us that was never designed to provide for us. I need the perfect job. Really? Why don't you steward the king's vision at whatever post he puts you and make that the priority? I'm just suggesting to you how to have a whole lot more peace. And I mean, if you really want to get two saved, you know, you want to get in that two saved crowd, see whatever it is you do every day as an extension of the kingdom, you'll never work another day in your life. I'm not saying works bad, but you wake when the alarm clock goes off, you go, I'm on assignment from the king today. Whatever I face, I bring with me the authority of the King to be able to make a difference in a dark and dying world. I'm a kingdom representative. It changes your job. Our families, our kids, I've been guilty of it. Here's what we all think a lot of times. We think, if I could expose my kids to all the right things, then they will navigate life and do well. Let me tell you one of the greatest things you can give your kids, a kingdom vision. You give them a kingdom vision. Start prioritizing the kingdom now. Don't wait till they get older. One of the things I love about the next generation here at Milestone is we're not just feeding them pizza in the back. They're getting kingdom vision, and that kingdom vision influences their perspective. Did you know Proverbs 29 says that without vision, you cast off constraint? This is for us and our kids. If we want more discipline in our life, anybody besides me needs some discipline in some areas because we can all get a little. It says visions. what makes you do that. Whatever it is that you see in your movie screen, you will sacrifice for. You will change for. It'll change you. It'll make you live different, do different. It's the level of kingdom vision that changes our families, our jobs, our lives, our resources. If there's ever been a time that you need to know, why do you do what you do? Why do you do it in the first place? Kingdom vision helps you answer that question. This is why I do it. And so we see that in the area of vision. Here's the third one. God's not going to hold out on you too, because this is not sign up to serve at the church weekend. If y'all think, a oh, pastor's building up to an offering, or he's about to pass out a card, could you volunteer for the Lord's army? That's not what I'm doing. The Lord can use more volunteers and more resources, but that's not today. I'm talking about you the kingdom of God, when God asks us to prioritize the kingdom, we underestimate what it brings into our lives. We get it in reverse. We're going for the things. And he said in Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom and the things will come. He will provide provision, provision for the vision. Are you with me? Vision for the future gives you power in the present. He's not holding out on us as we prioritize his kingdom, he's like, if you have my agenda in mind, I'm going to make sure you have everything you need to accomplish that because that's what's on my heart. And he brings it into our lives. I'm, I'm amazed at when you prioritize the kingdom vision. You're amazed at the relationships, the fulfillment, because God knows how we're created, that you receive when you prioritize his kingdom talking to you about 101. We're having so many people come here. We've had to do two at a time. We're trying to solve space issues. People coming here. They're moving here. Years ago, I started asking, how many of y'all not from Texas? It was 65% of the room, 75%, 80%. Recently, it's like 90%. All these people coming from everywhere, moving here. By the way, we as a church, Kingdom Vision, we have a stewardship of that. They're coming here. I'm like, welcome to the promised land. Now we're going to have a training class on why you like it here. (laughs) Come on everybody. But the reality is a lot of them, I would, I would like to say most people come to our church and they're looking for God. You know what a lot of times it looks like I'm looking for a friend because I've been displaced from my family. I'm looking for what that guy talked about on the small group video. I'm looking for friends for my kids. I'm looking to adjust to my new reality. I know some of us, we live in a lonely world today. We live, it's accentuated by all the stuff we've had to go through in the last year. People losing sight of how God made us to be in relationships. We don't do well without it. And here's what I've learned. If you seek a friend, you get a little weird. You ever had somebody who's like, you know, let's be friends. That's weird, brother. I'm just telling you, that's kind of weird, honestly. Like, can we be BFFs? I mean, are we in seventh grade? I mean, we're not really doing that, you know? You know, the quickest way to feel isolated and alone is only seek friends. Let me tell you how to have more friends than you know what to do with. Seek the kingdom. I started years ago seeking the kingdom. I feel so rich in the area of my relationships of people, I wouldn't have chosen necessarily them. We might not even like pick each other out of a crowd. And I think about all these amazing people that I'm in relationship with. And it didn't start by me going, can I see if I can get all the greatest people I've ever met in my life to live with me? Started by preaching the kingdom vision. The kingdom vision. Intimacy is a byproduct of shared purpose. Shared purpose. It's a byproduct of prioritizing the kingdom of God. These are the things that we want. And I mean, you may not stand up and shout hallelujah, but we need a little bit of a vision adjustment. It's kingdom vision. That's what God has on his heart, his rule, his reign. When we seek that, he brings these things into our lives. You've heard this about the Hazlitt campus. I want to make sure right here before I pray for you, people are like, oh man, Pastor Ron's on there advertising to everybody trying to. I've heard he's sending emails to all the Keller people saying, come to Hazlitt. We've got better parking and, you know, <laughs> coffee's hotter. I mean, he's just, you know, just. And so it, it's really exciting what's happening. And some of you may think, why are we doing that? Why would we go to ha- what What are we doing? I mean, we kind of, this is good. I mean, what are we doing, Pastor? Are we just. Well, it's the kingdom. We didn't get a map out and get a marketing strategy and get strategic about going to Hazlitt. I always had this little thing. We would go west at some point and reach out because you just, you know, it doesn't take rocket science. I think they're building 10,000 homes in one area up here. I just heard this week, there's all these new homes and new families and people moving here and heaven is real and hell is real and eternity's a long time and the kingdom of God matters. So you start thinking about that, but we really didn't, get strategic and do a demographic study. It started with one of our pastors. They moved to Hazlitt and their kids had kingdom vision in their house. Their kids started reaching their friends. They ended up with a house full of kids. We're in a meeting because of your generosity, we're able to make calls like this. And we said, what do we do about this? And Pastor Tyron was like, well, we could send buses and start bussing them over here for now until we get something in Hazlitt. So we started sending buses to Hazlitt and bringing kids over here. And next thing you know, we had kids and we had families and we had people. And this morning, 250 volunteers are there ready and preparing and getting ready for our September 12th launch. That's exciting. Pastor Ron had built a new home north of here and. He felt called to go to Hazlitt. Our team prayed about it. We laid hands on him. He gets out there. He's ready to go a year or something ago. And then COVID happened. He's like, oh man, I thought we were starting a campus. How many of you know you never lose if you have kingdom vision? God works all things together for good that those who love him are called according to his purpose. And even over the last year where we were ready to start earlier, the last year has been spent building a core of people and developing and there's 40 something small groups and these people getting ready. I want you to know you're part of that. That's how the kingdom of God works. It's continuing to expand to reach people. I'm gonna ask if you would to bow your heads with me. And I'm gonna ask you right now, if you're a person who, as I talked about being born again, you're like, I've been religious, but I don't know what it means to be born again. Right where you are, you just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. The best way to describe it is just surrender. I surrender myself to you, Jesus, right now. Become my Lord, become my savior. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead, come into my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to join us at 101 where I could meet you, come forward and meet someone, engage with us so we can help you start your journey in living out this kingdom life that he has for you. But I'm gonna ask every person listening to me right now to simply say, Jesus, just between you and him, where I've kind of got my focus off Would you clarify my vision for what you say matters? Lord, we say to you, we're not always good at it, but Lord, let us seek your kingdom first. Let us see your agenda first. In a world filled with so many different perspectives and ideas and agendas, Lord, we wanna prioritize your agenda in the earth. Clarify our vision. Let us seek what you have on your heart And I thank you, Lord, as we continue to be kingdom people, you join us in this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.